Well, actually, it is not easy because I have a lot of family in Sri Lanka. And right now, what's going on in Sri Lanka is touching me in a very personal way because I have a brother and his family and about 100 relatives. I come from a very big family. So knowing their plight, um, it's hard for me to get up in the mornings and cook two eggs and a piece of toast and eat it without thinking about people not having that yes. back home. No, it's not easy. To give them beauty for ashes, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, Isaiah 6.13. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Sri Lanka is battling its worst financial crisis since independence in 1948 as decades of economic mismanagement and recent policy errors, coupled with a hit from COVID-19 to tourism, remittances, shriveling foreign reserves to record lows, and really a disastrous situation happening right now. So we wanted to bring this attention to you, dear Bot Radio Network listener. You know, the program is called Mid-South Viewpoint. So we're going a long way to talk about a need in Sri Lanka. There's a connection because we have Shiara Miles, no stranger to our Mid-South Viewpoint friends. She has been on the program before, again, talking about her homeland, Sri Lanka. But it's been some time. So good, uh, Shiara, to see you back in the studio. My son and I were walking. It's been a few months back at Shelby Farms. We passed your smiling face, and we had fellowship <laughs> there on the track. And Hey, it's good to have you in the studio. Thank you so much. It's great to be back, and thank you for having me, Byron. So Sri Lanka is your homeland. Yes. Give us some of the backstory to your life. Well, the backstory to my life is actually I was born in England when my mom was pregnant with me. My father had an opportunity to go to England on a bank assignment, so they decided to go through Israel on their way. So in May of 1967, my parents were in Israel, and I was in Hawumb, so doing somersaults, I assume. So you've been to Israel before. (laughs) I have. I have. And I was born in London, and then we came back to Sri Lanka, and my first 11 years were in Sri Lanka. What was actual life like growing up and living in Sri Lanka those 11 years? It was wonderful. We were always outdoors. There were no TVs. There was no, you know, PlayStation. We were outdoors and like monkeys up on trees and (laughs) playing cricket and playing marbles until my mother would just yell us into the house for dinner. My childhood was, I had the sweetest, one most wonderful memories growing up in Sri Lanka. Give us a geographical picture of just exactly where Sri Lanka is in case those listening might not be real familiar. Sri Lanka is an island, a natural island in the southeastern coast of India on the Indian Ocean. It's tropical. It's absolutely beautiful. It has many romantic names given to it by travelers of all times. But it has been a very famous tourist spot until recent times. Yes. As I mentioned, the economic mismanagement and the, the difficulty that is happening right now It has defaulted on a multi-million pound foreign debt payment, which has really deepened the nation's worst economic crisis since it gained independence in 1948. The prime minister is appealing for foreign help to bail out the government, which has almost run out of reserves or just down to nothing right now. And it's causing chaos, right, among the people. It is. And it's a tragic state that my country is in, having been known as a paradise island, and to see the chaos on the streets, the people protesting, because they're starving right now. You know, and they're fed up of the government, and they want righteousness in government, and they want action. 
So they've taken to the streets, and what started off as a peaceful protest in early April has, has now turned into violence. Yeah, it's very toxic right now. Very. An international monetary fund team arrived this week, actually, mm-hmm. uh, as we do this interview recorded yes. in Sri Lanka to talk about a bailout program. Time is short. They're just days from really running out of fuel, and really finding any relief money is getting tough. Yes. The crisis is already overwhelming for an average Sri Lankans like a auto rickshaw driver. He's 64 years old who was recently standing in line for gasoline for more than 16 hours, folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been talking about high gas prices here. I don't know what the gas pump prices are in Sri Lanka right now, but for a 64-year-old man waiting in line for 16 hours so he can do his job to provide for his family. Yes. Very, very sad. And in fact, um, about a month ago, there were two older men that died while waiting oh in these long lines. Wow. They fell, yes, and fell and died on the spot. A 33-year-old garment worker decided to apply for a job as a maid in Kuwait after her husband was laid off from a small restaurant where he worked as a cook. She says, my husband lost his job because there was no cooking gas and food costs have skyrocketed. It's very hard to find work and the salaries are very low. She says she earns about 2,500 Sri Lankan rupees, which is $6.80 a day mm. with two children. That's impossible. That is impossible. I just don't know how people are surviving. I heard that uh, a packet of milk for a baby was 600 rupees about three weeks ago. And it doubled in price in two weeks oh to twelve hundred rupees. So it's translate a huge to, amount. Translate that to English monies, um, American monies. What would that be like? So that would be um, about three hundred dollars. Sorry, three hundred rupees to a dollar. Okay. So we're talking two dollars to four dollars. That this has climbed in just two short weeks, and this was three weeks ago that I got this report. Sure, let me ask you, because it is easy for you to get comfortable in your lifestyle. You've been living in the U.S. now Mm -hmm. for how many years? I've been in the United States since 1985. And when did you become a citizen? In 2001, I became a citizen. So I would see it could be easy for you Mm -hmm. to go about life here, get busy with life, and not think about your homeland or the people there. Well, actually, it is not easy because I have a lot of family in Sri Lanka. And right now, what's going on in Sri Lanka is touching me in a very personal way because I have a brother and his family and about 100 relatives. I come from a very big family. Mm. So knowing their plight, um, it's hard for me to get up in the mornings and cook two eggs and a piece of toast and eat it without thinking about people not having that back home. No, it's not easy. And like this dear garment worker I just mentioned who is just trying to get enough to take care of her two children and her husband. I mean, it's so tragic right now. Uh, We serve a Lord that understands how to be compassionate Mm -hmm. through his Holy Spirit in us because Christ lives in us. That compassion goes out, and we can't look at a situation and turn our back on it. And that's really why we want to talk to our Bot Radio Network friends today about helping support a need, Footprints, Boys and Girls Homes, Mm -hmm. that you support. And can we back up a little bit, because the last time we got together on this show, 
we were talking about how you had set up some business opportunities. You had gone back to Sri Lanka on a visit. This has been some years ago after a tsunami mm-hmm. had just devastated much of the island. And people were just trying to get back on their feet and trying to find ways to sell product. They've got incredible gifts of design of these linens and different things they do. Mm-hmm. And you were able to come up with a strategy to help market that. Tell us about that. Yes. So it all began in 2004, December 26. I remember, you know, it was a clear, beautiful day in Sri Lanka, and we had just celebrated uh, Christmas the a day before, and we get news of this huge earthquake, 7.9 in Indonesia, that caused a tsunami wave to go clear across the Indian Ocean, and the first landmass in its wake was Sri Lanka. So that day, about 30,000 people in Sri Lanka perished mm. from the wave, oh. and it it wiped out an entire coastline in Sri Lanka where there were homes and businesses. It was just wiped away into the Indian Ocean. And I went back several months later with my church to do some mission work, to do some rebuilding. You know, there were so many missionaries and organizations, NGOs that showed up to rebuild the country and the other affected countries in the region. I remember looking at the devastation, and it was like a graveyard, thinking, Lord, how will we ever rebuild? Mm. My heart was broken. I saw so much despair on the streets, people turning to alcohol, and many just committing suicide, you know, just because most of their family was washed away into the ocean, and they were left to survive and rebuild. Now, the dominant religion in Sri Lanka is what? Is Buddhism. Buddhism. Right. Uh, While I was there, it just seemed like it was such a huge task, you know, that how will we ever Mm -hmm. rebuild? Two years later, I went back for my father's birthday, and I visited the same region where we were working. Now, were any of your family members die because of the tsunami? No. No, I, I can say that the tsunami wave came all the way across the north, northeast, east, south, southwest and it stopped literally the town right before my town. Oh, my. I'm from Morotua. And it came all the way up to Panadura. The devastation was all the way up to Panadura, which was the next town next from my hometown. Yes. So, no, I did not have any family members that perished. But nonetheless, the devastation to my entire country was nobody missed that. Everyone was affected. This home for boys and girls, is this something that has recently come on your radar, or is this something you've been involved with for a while now? Well, for a while. I found out about Footprints when I was in Sri Lanka in 2005. Footprints actually was started by a mother and daughter duo who began to serve street children in Sri Lanka. One day, this lady was um, driving somewhere and saw some street children eating off of a garbage bin, and she invited them home fed them a meal, and um, read the Bible to them. That's how it started in her kitchen. Then it evolved into a bigger ministry outreach to other street children where she partners with families to bring these kids in from the streets who are usually left neglected either due to poverty, severe poverty, or addictions where the parents are not able to take care of the children. Sexual abuse, too, is big. Sexual abuse as well. So they are brought in from the streets, from the slums, in partnership with the families to raise the children in a positive Christian environment, giving them the best education that is available in Sri Lanka, which is really good. And they're sent to the best schools through the help of sponsorships. And these children, they grow up in the knowledge of Jesus. 
And it's powerful to be in their presence and hear them pray. You know, they're like, it's just <laughs> I, every time I go, I visit them because I, I'm so blessed by their prayers yes. and their prayer life. And this lady, particularly Rohin, she prays four hours a day. Her prayer life is incredible. Her service to the Lord, I mean, I'm just overwhelmed by her life. And right now, Shiara, the situation, as we talk about mm-hmm. the, the dismal conditions uh, across the country economically, you can imagine how it would affect an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's a mm-hmm. dire need for food, dire need for medicines, dire need for other supplies yes. to operate for these children. Right. The government is warning that... Uh, stores will be out of supplies by August. What used to be an island that produced our own rice needs, you know, our rice is a staple in Sri Lanka. Yeah. We eat that three times a day. Due to so many poor decisions uh, by the government who insisted on organic farming, for the farmers to use chemical fertilizer, that began this roller coaster downhill. Uh, turn of events for Sri Lanka since 2019, where we are now dependent on imports for our staples such as rice. Yes. But now with the current economic situation in the country with no foreign currency to trade with, we're running out of supplies. A poor family would usually eat rice three times a day. And now all the reports that you see on YouTube and all these videos, it's heartbreaking. They're you know, surviving on one meal a day. When you look at their plates, it's just so sad. There's no protein. It's a little bit of coconut and some onions to make a little sambal to go with their rice. And that too, they're wondering how long can they sustain that? So in this climate, we support this orphanage. Uh, It's actually, it became a place for orphans also after the tsunami. But it was a home for boys and girls before, uh, for underprivileged children. But as of the tsunami, the population in these homes have grown to also receive children who were left as orphans after the, the tsunami. My organization here in Memphis, which is Isaiah 613 International, supports these homes through sponsorships. And we've been doing this now for several years since we began. Yeah, we talked about this before. Right. So now our focus is how can we at least get them secured with supplies for three to six months, you know, until the government comes up with a solution like they're talking to the IMF and they're trying to get loans from India, China, other places, which I'm not sure is going very well for us. Yeah. And a solution, an, a, a political solution, yeah. economic solution is at least a year away. So my organization here, um, our board members are considering how can we help them build sustainability. Yes for the orphanages. You kind of have a strategy. You see a plan yes. that you feel like could work to help assist, help make a difference. Yes. And that's why there is a night of worship, prayer, and this fundraiser for Sri Lanka, yes. and specifically for Footprints, the home for children. And I think this is very crucial because we talked about failing financial reserves, trying to get loans from other countries. Is it going to work out? This is a time that we need to call on God. Yes. A time of worship and calling on There's our no Heavenly Father. Tell us about this event that God's put on your heart. So the desire of my heart is to see the church in Memphis come together and pray for Sri Lanka. Yes. You know, I don't know how many 
people have even heard of Sri Lanka. It is in the news some, but in social media and in on YouTube and such places, you can get the news if you're looking for. One of the news sources that I listen to a lot is Veritas. Wyon, I believe, is the name of their organization, and they give really good information. But what we are wanting to do is spread the word here in Memphis mm-hmm. about the difference that we can make in Sri Lanka. Right now, food supplies, medical supplies are available, but they're running out at a price. The prices are on the rise. Now, these supplies, would you have to purchase them stateside and have them shipped there, or would you purchase them offshore somewhere in the area of Sri Lanka? That is an eventual strategy. But right now, while food supplies are available, I have told my ministry partners, you know, we sent as much money we had in our bank account saying buy whatever you can, whatever you can, and start storing. Um, Prices are on the rise, so we cannot buy as much as we were able to a month ago. So in the meantime, we want to raise more funds to send so that they can buy while supplies last. And then it would be to look to neighboring countries such as um, the United Arab Emirates, Mm -hmm. India. But unfortunately, India has recently closed their doors for exports. India used to export a lot of wheat, you know, and milk products to Sri Lanka. Well, now, since we cannot pay for those items, you know, they're not that willing to to trade with us. There would be other countries around Mm. the neighborhood uh, Mm. that we can reach out to should we get to that point. But the urgency now is while supplies last, let's try to get as much as we can for reserves. And this is not just for the children. The vision of this lady is much bigger. You know, she wants to spread the gospel. Let's get that lady's name again. So I want our listeners to have it down so they can pray for her, too. What's yes. her name? Her name is Rohin. How would you spell that? R-O-H-E-E-N. Yes, and the name of the ministry is Footprints Children's Homes. There's a boy's home and a girl's home. And there's a school that goes through first through eighth grade and a library And they have a food distribution ministry through their office and their library to the neighborhood poor families. So when they're securing food for the homes, they're also thinking about their neighbors who often look to them. Yes. You know, because the poorest areas are close to where she lives, the shanties. And these people, like the Trishaw guy that you were talking about, they have no income right now mm. because there's no patrol to put in their tuk-tuk, their yeah. trishaw, yeah. to even go and wow. bring that revenue. Wow. So I don't know how these people are living. Yes. So when they come to my ministry partner looking for help, she never turns them away. She gives whatever is available in the homes, and that is her heart. And she lives on faith. She believes that God is going to supply their needs for the children, and she will share whatever she has. So it is upon us to make sure she's supplied, (laughs) not only for her to do this outreach, but also to feed the children. Practically, what can our listeners do now? We can pray. Mm -hmm. We can attend this night of worship. Mm 
but we can also give. Yes. And this is interesting, I think, how God has directed you. I didn't realize your father had a financial background. Of course, that's what your background is. Yes. So you're very good with numbers, and, and, <laughs> and you work with a, a very well-known organization, worldwide organization, as your job. So this is what you're doing here is out of your compassion and your heart. This is not what you do for a living. This is what you do because you love Jesus and you yes. want to serve him and his people. Yes. By day, I'm an accountant at FedEx. But my father, thank you for mentioning him, he sent me here because that was a call on my life for evangelism. Yeah. And I went to Oral Roberts University yeah. to get an evangelism degree. Yeah. I ended up with an accounting degree. And I told God that evangelism was in my heart and that I needed a skill to take away with me. That was my rationale in college. And God told me then, (laughs) says, you have to love people before you can evangelize. So he sent me on to the next level of education, the school of life, (laughs) to teach me compassion. (laughs) And along the way, the tsunami happened, and that's when God got a hold of me. And we started this ministry, and now I see how amazing he is, his plan is to use evangelism and accounting to do this outreach in Sri Lanka. I love this, Shiara. See an opportunity that we can reach out with our gifts, skills, and talents to serve the body, to serve Christ, and to serve him wherever in the world that he would call us to. You know, In your mm-hmm. case, Sri Lanka, your homeland, which God yes. has this burden. So there's going to be a night coming up on mm-hmm. July 17th. Uh, as I mentioned, a night of worship, prayer, and a fundraiser for Sri Lanka and for the special needs for the Footprints Children's Home, the Boys and Girls Children's Homes called Footprints, July 17th, 6 p.m. at Eagle Heights Church. You've got a couple of churches that locally have jumped on board here. Yes, yes. I have um, Pastor Jake Clonch. I think he was a guest on your show. He has been on, yes. Yes. Um, and so is Ken Tony. And Ken Tony <laughs> yes. of uh, Dwelling Place International and Eagle Heights have agreed to partner with my organization and Brit Hadashah Messianic Synagogue, where I go to yes, church yes, on Saturdays. Yes. So it's a uh, four-way partnership right now to bring awareness, to bring this night to Memphis. And we are hoping that many of your listeners who will hear this program would want to join for a night of prayer and worship. And as you said, you know, we can raise money but money will run out. Yes. But we can raise our voices to God. Yes. It is only God who oh. can change this around. Yes. You know, I I see these pictures and I'm like, God, it's just too big. Mm. This problem is too big for yeah. a little fundraiser that we yes. can put together. Yes. But, you know, he reminded me something in 2019 when I was in Sri Lanka, my last trip to Sri Lanka. If you remember, in 2019, on Easter, there was a bombing. There was an ISIS bombing in Sri Lanka of several churches and hotels. Yes. About 270 people perished. We raised funds to go and help some of the churches. And when I went to Sri Lanka, I got the privilege of crossing my island from east to west and going through this tropical island and seeing a tropical island literally turning into a desert in the middle of the island. And I asked the Lord, what is this? How is this possible? Why is there a dry zone in my country? It's a mystery. I'm sure a scientific reason, but the Lord told me, he said, you think what you're doing is small and insignificant, but what you're doing is redeeming this land. Hmm. And all the atrocities that have been committed on this land by your predecessors. We had kings 
that ruled a nation that did a lot of wrong. There was a lot of bloodshed in this region. So I trust the Lord that he is doing a work, that he is doing a work through his church, not only in Sri Lanka, but through my voice here as a Sri Lankan living in the Mid-South, that he is building a bridge for us to serve a faraway, distant island nation. And it might seem, what can we do here in Memphis to reach this population in Sri Lanka? Every little thing matters to God. And every little thing, every little sacrifice we make matters to God. It is not insignificant to him, as he mentioned it to me. So I'm trusting God with the bigger picture. You, friend, can help be part of this and make a difference by a financial contribution, by attending this night of worship. Come out July 17th, 6 p.m., Eagle Heights Church. It'll start at 6 o'clock, right? Yes, it'll start at 6 o'clock, and it will be three churches coming together for this worship night. So there's an element of unity in the body of Christ. Yes. You know, and what I love about this is um, Pastor Jake, of course, is a white American, and Pastor Ken Tony is an African-American, and I'm from a Jewish synagogue. (laughs) So I see that we are representing the kingdom of God. And you're a Sri Lankan American. (laughs) And I'm a Sri Lankan American, yes. Yes. This is beautiful. It's the body of Christ ministering. You know, as one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. Amen. And that's what the Word teaches, and we are showing the compassion that Christ has given us and filled our hearts with His compassion. And so, friends, I hope that you will make a note again. First of all, you can give online, too, to help support this cause. Can't you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So people can give right now. Don't Uh, have to wait to the night of worship. Give us how to do that. Okay. The website is Isaiah613 International. And international is I-N-T-L. You can put the whole word, international or I-N-T-L dot org. Okay. So Isaiah613 International dot org, and that will get you to our website. And we are building a special page Uh, which is still being constructed, and it should be up and running. But even now, you can give online and specify, um, you know, if you want to be a one-time donation towards the current crisis, you can do that right now. Okay. So, friend, go to the website. Again, it's Isaiah, I-S-A-I-H, 613international.org. Go to the website and uh, prayerfully make that contribution. Thank you. Uh, Whatever size you can give, it would be helpful, right? Yes. Imagine, I mean, if we think about the church here in Memphis, if everybody gave a dollar. Yes. I mean, that would far exceed my expectations. And I don't want to even say what my expectations are because I'm leaving it in God's hands. I, I believe God can mobilize his army. Even if he give a dollar each, I know it will be a significant amount for this current need. Yes. Shiara, now if somebody wants to contact you to learn more, how can they do that? Well, they can call me or go to the website, send us an email. Okay. Uh, all that information is available on the website. And what's the email? And, well, it's Shiara, spelled S-H-Y-A-R-A, at Isaiah613intl.org. Okay, fantastic. Shiara, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming by, sharing your heart, your story for the people of Sri Lanka, our prayers. Thank you so much. It means so much. Your prayers mean so much. I encourage everyone, please lift up Sri Lanka in your prayers. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.